Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Advocates Academy. The Advocates Academy is brought to you by the Women and Gender Resource Center at the University of Alabama. I'm Lindsay Smith, and I'm your host. The Advocates Academy is a podcast for students, faculty, and staff who are looking for ways to engage in advocacy and social justice work on their campus, in their career, and in their day-to-day lives. Today, we are talking with Ashley Newhauser, who is a staff therapist at the Women and Gender Resource Center, and we're taking a slightly different spin on the way we're considering advocacy for this episode because we're really talking about self-advocacy in this episode. Ashley is going to be here today to speak with us about strategies for setting healthy boundaries, establishing healthy lines of communication, and managing our stress during this long winter break that we are about to embark on. Going home for winter break or, you know, having time spent with the family during the holiday season can be stressful for all of us under the best of circumstances. But especially in this current political climate with this contentious election that we're dealing with, and and especially, especially because we are still dealing with social distancing and COVID-19, um, I think that this is a really important episode because it gives us an opportunity to take a minute to game plan for that time, to think about how we're going to approach challenging situations and to take a second to consider before we leave for the winter break, how we're going to manage our own stress and anxiety during this time. So I want to give a big thank you to Ashley for joining me today. And uh, thank you all for listening. Hi, Ashley, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's so good to get to talk to you and see your face virtually via Zoom, which is not the same as in person, but... Not at all, but it's been such a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, we're here today. We're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff, but I want to get started by just asking you to introduce yourself. Would you tell our listeners just kind of all about you? Who is Ashley? Yeah, so um, my name is Ashley Newhauser, pronouns she, her, hers. Um, I am lucky and am a staff therapist at the Women and Gender Resource Center. I've been there for three years now, really enjoy it. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Alabama, and I am a very proud owner of lots of animals that I love. So that's kind of me summed up. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, goodness. Yes, I'm uh, everybody listening knows this already, but I also have many animals who will voice their opinions loudly at some point during our interview today, just is what it is. Um, okay, cool. So we're here today because we're coming up on the winter break and this is a weird year because we're sending students home early to finish up the semester in virtual learning. And for a lot of folks, that means an extra long time spent in close quarters with uh, family that maybe they don't see that often, or at least, you know, don't end up in the house together with their family for that often. And so, uh, for a lot of people who are, um, kind of facing that transition, this can be a really stressful time. Um, and so I think what I wanted to ask you, um, as we kind of get started is just in your opinion, why do you think that these times this returning home to visit the family can cause anxiety for so many people? Yeah, um, well, I think that, you know, kind of this holiday season that we're approaching is really stressful for many. Um, you know, things, politics get brought up, um, having to go back home, especially if you've lived outside of the home as an adult, 
um, and re-entering different roles that you may have once had in your home are really difficult. So we see, um, you know, it's really normal for a student to go off and live this adult life. And then they come home and their parents expect them to take on the role that they had when they were in high school. So that's difficult. You know, there's a lot of financial stress. Um, there's just so many things that add up that can make these times really difficult. And um, it's not always the most wonderful time of the year, especially when there's strained relationships and extended family coming over and just all the small things that really add up to cause sometimes stress and sometimes chaos. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks for that. And I, I really like how you used a line from both a Christmas song and a Blink-182 song in the same <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I'm a true baby <laughs> right here too. Yeah. Same here. Same here. I picked up on those. Awesome. Thank you. Um, okay. And then for, for those of us who are already anxious and I live in a constant state of anxiety, so that's basically me all the time. Um, but for those of us who are already anxious about our time back home with the family, so that anticipation of what's coming and what this is going to be like, how, how can we best take care of ourselves now? Yeah. Um, so I, I do think, um, you know, sometimes with anxiety, you don't need to spend too much time planning. It can trigger that and spiral. But I think for things like going back home and facing maybe tough situations, awkward interactions, spending some time planning is a form of self-care, allowing yourself to really explore both the good and the bad that may be happening um, as you return to family units. So I think taking some time to do that is always a good thing. It may help calm some of those anxieties before you get in anxiety-provoking situations. And then I also think whatever works for you in your emotional kind of safety is still important. So disengaging a little bit right now, not spending all of your time thinking about, you know, what happens in two weeks when everything goes virtual or what happens in a month when I'm going to be living basically back with the family or, you know, all of those things. So I, I think learning that fair balance between allowing yourself to plan, but then also stepping back, disengaging, using some healthy distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, find the things that you're looking forward to about this time of the year, even if it's just one or two things as well. So make sure that you're not spending too much time on the spectrum of bad and also allowing yourself to engage in some exciting things, um, maybe some you know activities you've enjoyed over the years around this time. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And I know for me, there's always a fine line between like healthy distraction and just disengaging completely. And (laughs) yeah, Yeah. I always say set some time limits to that, you know, (laughs) which can be hard. So, you know, I I think some people get annoyed when Netflix says like, are you still there? But maybe that's a good time to check in with yourself and say, (laughs) what am I doing right now? Have I been here for three hours and should I be spending time? So, you know, setting phone alerts, using things to help you really um, know, and then maybe different forms of disengagement in a healthy Mm -hmm. distraction way. So maybe not just TV, maybe add in some books or, you know, whatever, some walks or something that helps you take breaks. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely, definitely fine line for most people there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Um, And then 
yeah, this is such a weird year because there's there's a bunch of different things that are going on that kind of add to that usual stress. Uh, but one that I know has been particularly on my mind is that a lot of folks are going home to spend time in close quarters with family and they're concerned about COVID-19 and the risk of spreading that to family members or to having it spread to us. Um, and so um, my concern or my uh, question for you is how can those of us who are anxious about um, about the pandemic and about being in close quarters with family. Um, how can we practice self-care in light of this? Yeah. So I think one is we're really talking again about walking back from, um, these kind of doomsday type thoughts. And so, you know, if you're concerned about being around family, you've been taking precautions, I think allowing yourself to even make that list of what am I doing correctly right now? And how am I protecting myself and my loved ones? Um, you know, I know that the university has announced that they're going to be allowing students to test before they go home um, and get those COVID. So maybe if that's what you need to relieve your anxiety and as a self-care strategy even, that would be a great idea. So I think, you know, just truly trying to walk yourself back from that anxiety of like, what if? at times and instead replace it with like, what have I done as a protective mm -hmm. factor? So we wanna think a lot about those protective factors around you know, our anxiety, around the spread of COVID, around um, just every situation, like what are we adding to our life to protect that? Um, so, you know, I'm not, um, I'm definitely not a medical provider, but I think that we can all follow CDC guidelines and help even ease that anxiety a little bit. Have open conversations with your families. If you're returning to that home and, you know, you're in a family that you can have that, ask them their comfort level. Mm -hmm. Ask, um, make sure that they understand that there is a slight risk to that if you feel that there is. See if everyone's willing to take some steps to keep everyone safe and keep anxiety a little lower. That may not always be possible, but if you feel safe enough to ask, I think it's worth the chance there um, in order to help you take steps of your own self-care. Okay, thank you. Um, and that's absolutely right. I um, I think that we're all kind of learning how to have very different conversations with our families these days. Um, and, and, you know, some of this, I think, is one of those silver linings of the pandemic is that we'll come through this better communicators in some ways and um, used to being a little more responsible in the way that we engage with one another and thinking about other people's health and safety in different ways. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a lot. It's a, it's um it's a lot that feels like it happened all at once. Um, and so, yeah, definitely, definitely a stressful time. Ooh, okay. And then on top of a global health crisis, we are in the middle of what seems to be a never ending um, contentious election year. So if any of our listeners are worried about going home and having difficult conversations about politics with family, uh, what what are some things that they can do to first prepare their expectations so that they're kind of having a realistic view of what those conversations are going to look like, but also to give themselves some tools to deal with those anticipated conflicts? Yeah, um, I think boundaries, you know, um, understanding boundaries and being um, assertive, non-aggressive mm -hmm. uh, is really important during this time. So, you know, if you know you're going home and yet again, we've got to think about safety in this, how much independence and how many boundaries can you assert without 
hurting yourself within your position in your family. Um, and that's always in the back of my mind because of what I do. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think about that emotional abuse that can happen, um, in some of those families. And I wouldn't necessarily, um, say that the right strategies are going to be right for everyone. But if you're going back to a somewhat open and healthy family, um, I would really, really strongly encourage that asserting boundaries. Like, you know what? I don't think we see eye to eye. And then change the conversation if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really difficult time and um, arguing is going to happen more than likely if you continue to engage. And that conversation is not an actually open conversation about political beliefs or elections. Mm-hmm. So I think also knowing who is your family. Are they people that can agree to disagree or is it going to cause um, more tension, more anxiety for everyone involved and deciding which ones do I want to engage in and which don't I? Um, it's okay to change the subject. It really yeah. is. I think that, you know, there's a lot wrapped up into politics and elections. And so a lot of times we feel like I have to engage in this because it also aligns with values and morals. And while I completely agree with that, I think that, you know, if you're there with like a drunk family member, that's probably not the time that that conversation can be lucrative and healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, Also talk, if you're engaged with a therapist or a crisis line, talk to them about what they're offering Mm -hmm. over the holiday season. Like, is that something that they can do while you're at home for winter break? Um, You know, there's text lines set up. Um, A lot of therapists have, I know I have a worksheet called preparing for difficult holiday season. (laughs) We talk about the, if this happens, then what am I going to do to set my boundaries and make sure I'm taking care of myself Mm -hmm. to make sure you have a good, strong support system, whether that be professional or friendship wise that you can reach out to, to remind, how do I disengage from these really hard and difficult conversations once they cross the line? of no longer being effective. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think once you leave your home, it's not uncommon to have diff- different political values mm-hmm. from your family of origin. Um, you know, today, as you and I are talking, we have no idea what the results of the election are, but you know, some people might be listening to this podcast thinking like, oh, well, we already know what happened there. So I think that it's going to look different even tomorrow or next week than what we're talking about right now. If things are still up in the air when you're engaging in these family conversations, I think it's harder to set that boundary because it's around you. But my hope is that, you know, as we further get into um, late November and December, there will be some um, acceptance maybe. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that you shouldn't, you know, express your political beliefs at that point, but maybe not as much tension surrounding how maybe you and I feel in this moment today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. No, and I, I want to bring up something that you mentioned um, kind of a couple of minutes back, but you talked about the importance of assertive rather than aggressive um, conversation and boundary setting. I know that for me personally, as like a conflict avoidant people pleaser, assertive communication sounds aggressive to me when it comes out of my mouth. Um, and so it's very, very difficult for me to do that. And it was very difficult for me to learn the difference between assertive and aggressive communication. Um, when it comes to kind of setting those healthy boundaries, can you kind of tell us what that, what assertive communication looks like as opposed to aggressive? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that sometimes we even interpret assertive conversation as aggressive. So I think us understanding this is good as people who are setting boundaries and as people who are respecting boundaries and hearing others. Um, assertive communication is simply the ability to say no um, or to say how you're feeling without attacking. So no raised voices, no blaming, um, you know, no shifting in that conversation. Assertiveness is going to look like more of the, no, I can't. Um, you know, passive aggression may be like, no, I can't. I'm so busy. How dare you ask me? Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you see my schedule today? And yeah. then assertive is that yelling or that, um, you know, just difficult conversation of this is an extreme reaction to what mm-hmm. I'm asking. And the no isn't coming off as I can't do it. It's coming off as blaming. It's coming off as shifting. Maybe they're yelling. Um, so I think thinking about the no um, mm-hmm. and how we're conveying the no at times is a really easy way for us to start distinguishing between passive, assertive, and aggressive conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but assertiveness, I would encourage people to not feel like they have to over-explain themselves, but to also not shut down conversation um, and become aggressive when they are putting their boundaries down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, okay, and then uh, for listeners who are concerned about abuse or harassment from family, you know, we've talked a lot about um, kind of uh, healthy family communication and how to navigate difficult conversations with a, a relatively kind of healthy and safe family structure. Uh, but unfortunately, that's that's not necessarily the case for everybody. So for folks who are genuinely worried about experiencing abuse or harassment from family during this time, what are some resources that are available to them? Yeah, um, so I think know that there are crisis lines, there are organizations um, such as the Women and Gender Resource Center that really do work individually to create those plans with each and every person. So reach out to someone. I mean, these are generally free services. Ours absolutely are. Most locations have um, a free resource for those who experience some level of abuse within their um, family environment. So I would just really encourage that because there's nothing I can say today that is going to tell you exactly how to individualize that towards your own family. Um, I can talk a little bit about some things that may be generally helpful, though. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, one of those things is understanding that there is a time um, to set boundaries and to get away. And there's also a time for de-escalation. And so understanding for yourself what's the safest route is really what we want to think about. What is going to, you know, calm that person down in the moment so that you stay both physically and emotionally safe. So maybe that is something like just making a joke of it or, you know, kind of backing away from the conversation and turning to something more light if possible. But maybe it's also setting that boundary and saying, no, I'm, you know, I'm not listening to this and then leaving the home at Mm -hmm. that point. That's more complicated with a pandemic. And so, you know, I think also thinking about who are kind of the people I know around me, you know, do I have any friends that are coming back home that I feel safe kind of including in my bubble? Mm -hmm. Um, So understanding when, when's the time to deescalate and when's the time to leave is very individual, but is very important to understand. 
I think another thing is making sure you do really truly have an engaged support system. Um, you know, a lot of times if there is that one family member that is the one who's a little bit um, abusive in their language, maybe they're harassing you, or maybe that they're actually physically abusive, there's multiple other members of the family experiencing the same thing. So maybe if you have that openness and safety within the family to have that discussion of what can we do in this situation, you know, maybe there's one that one person that's not as much of a target that might can suggest like, oh, we need to run an errand right now um, mm -hmm. and get you out of that. So think about who are my safe people around me? How can I be honest with them about what I'm experiencing? And then how can I help create a plan? Um, something like a safety word to bring up casually to let someone know you're uncomfortable. Um, I don't know why I always think of avocado as my safety <laughs> word. You know, it's just I can work it into a conversation, but someone's going to it's going to raise a red flag. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think making sure that you have something that can cue the people around you in on. Um, now, if you're one-on-one, -on -one, maybe that is texting someone that safety phrase so mm -hmm. that, you know, you're not raising red flags with someone who is abusive. You're also alone, so you need someone to intervene. Um, but, you know, they might be looking at what you're texting in that moment as well. So get creative. Um, but again, I'm going to highly encourage everyone to seek out a resource that will help truly put an individualized safety plan for their situation before going back into an unsafe environment. Cool. Thank you. All right. And then uh, for, you know, those people who would like to act as a support system for family and friends um, who, or who would like to advocate, you know, kind of in the moment for people who might be dealing with these particularly challenging family situations, what can they do? Um, what are some, some ways or what does support for somebody who's dealing with this look like? Yeah. Um, this this one's always one that we um, we get a lot of calls about at the Women in the Resource Center. You know, I, I get a lot of questions about how do I support someone in that moment. And um, I think one is just making sure you're not leaving them. Um, it it may be hard at times to understand why someone is going back home um, if their family is harming them in some way. And so I think being open-minded in the moment to maybe all of the possibilities of why that person would have to make that choice. And then also even understanding that that person may just want to be with their family of origin. And there may be one person in that family of origin that is kind of problematic, but that they really enjoy the time with others. Mm -hmm. um, so I think one is giving them the flexibility in your own opinions and beliefs about what's best for them and putting that to the side and supporting them in their decision-making process. You can share that you're concerned. You can share that you want them to be safe, but it doesn't mean you should cut them off. It doesn't mean you should tell them what to do. Um, there's a lot of small things that happen, especially on um, with our student population such as financial control and other strings that may be attacked. So one is make sure that you're not imposing your own beliefs and what's best for them. Allow them to make that decision. They've lived in unsafe situations for a long time usually, and they know how to engage in that family in the safest way possible for them mm -hmm. without disrupting what they, their needs are at the moment. Um, 
And then checking in on them often. I, I think that's a really good idea. You know, just reminding them that you're there. If you happen to be in the same area as them, I think reminding them that your door is open, like making a plan if you're going to be that friend or that support person that if they needed to leave for a night or if they needed um, someone to come and disrupt in a situation that was safe to do so, um, you know, making sure that you're checking in and reminding them pretty often, hey, how are you? You know, do you need anything? Reminder, my, you know, couch is free if you want to come over and stay. Um, and I think also engaging them in some positive activities during that time. If you can take them um, to go and do something or do maybe an activity that you would enjoy together and get them a moment of peace in what may be a really um, unpeaceful time for them. I think that there's small acts we can do to take care of one another during these times. And remember, you may not know. You may not know which of your friends are going home to very pleasant um, families and which ones are going home and they're feeling very unsafe or anxious. Um, so maybe just kind of providing that to as many people as you can and filling out the situation over time, you know, have your support system, check in on each other, because we're not always honest about what's happening in our family homes. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. And then my last question for you is just, if somebody is listening today and they feel like they need to speak with somebody, whether it's a therapist or a victim advocate um, at the WGRC, or maybe they're not a part of the UA community and they're looking for other resources, what are some strategies for uh, finding access to those resources? Absolutely. Um, you can always just give us a call. Um, you know, it's 205-348-5040. Um, you can give us a call, even if you're not part of UA, we're more than happy to help you locate that resource. Um, you know, right now we have a lot of people who are going back to different cities, different towns. Um, there are shelters and resources like ours across this country. So you can just let us know kind of where you're at, where you're going, and we can connect you. If you are a part of UA um, and you know, you're wanting to access us before you have to leave, then go ahead and call. Let our front desk people know, hey, I really need to um, speak to someone about my safety before I get home. We are going to make it happen. Um, we are also on call 24-7. So if you need to reach us outside of um, business hours, you just call UAPD at 205 348 5454, and you can ask to speak to the on-call advocate, and we can talk to you about safety. We can get you um, get your information and get you set up with someone once the office is open. Um, mm -hmm. And then remember, we're available over the break as well. You know, I think that um, a lot of people may have some guilt at times about calling us outside of business hours. This is something that we're all very passionate about. We love to do our job let us help. Let us be there. Um, you know, especially even if it is on a specific holiday, just call. We are um, very happy to assist in any way and we want people to feel safe. And that means that people have to reach out for support to make sure that they are safe. So I just really encourage people, even if it's, hey, do you know a contact person for me? Can you tell me someone in my area? We're going to get that and make that happen for you. Awesome. Thank you. Well, Ashley, it's been so good to get to talk to you. Um, before I um, 
or before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to share that maybe we didn't cover today? I can't think of anything. I just hope that everyone can take a couple of deep breaths. Um, you know, I think that even if you're going home yet again to the best situation possible, we are all going to experience maybe a little higher stress levels than normal. So make sure you're doing some things that you enjoy, um, you know, activate um, as much mindfulness as you can right now, do some deep breathing. And I, I just wish everyone a very well and safe time as we take this long break. Thanks again, Ashley, for coming on the show today. Um, I know that I really needed that and it was really, really great to get to chat with you. Um, and thank you everybody for listening in today. As always, if there's a topic you want to learn more about or a person you think we should speak with, please send your suggestions to me via email at E-A-S-M-I-T-H-1-1 at ua.edu. If you're listening in today and you appreciate the content we're putting out, don't forget to give us a review wherever you get your podcast and please like, follow, and share this episode with family, friends, and colleagues. This podcast was brought to you by the Women and Gender Resource Center at the University of Alabama. The mission of the WGRC is to address gender inequity and foster a community that values social justice, safety, leadership, mentoring, education, multiculturalism, partnership, and research. This is accomplished by gender-related outreach, advocacy, and support to individuals and communities of all identities. If you'd like to learn more about the programs and resources our office provides, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or at our website, wgrc.sa.us. Anyway,